My name is Tony Coe, better known as Big Tone. Welcome, dear listener, to this week's Daddy Daughter podcast, which, big announcement, is now changing its name. But before we tell you about that, I want to introduce my lovely co-host, as usual, Tony Coe Brooker. What's up today, Little Tone? Okay, Little Tone. Um, yeah, good, thank you. It's bank holiday Monday. Sun is shining. It's cold here in the Cotswolds. That's because cool. you decided to move further north. I'm on the south coast. Yeah. <laughs> We're in single figures, and uh, I've, had to turn, I've had to turn some heating on for a bit, which I wasn't expecting you to turned do. the heating on? Yeah. It's L- September. I know, but it's, I've just got to take the chill off the air. Here in my home office, it's a little bit chilly this morning because it's not attached to the main house, so it doesn't get the ambient heat. Goodness. Anyway, why don't you... <laughs> Say that again? Make a hot water bottle. Yeah, that would probably be cheaper. Why don't you tell our listeners about our news? We're going to change the name of our podcast to Re-Educating Dad. Because that's what we're doing. <laughs> and I wonder who's, who that idea came from. Well, actually, it was yours. Actually, the, the UK... I, mean, I came up with a name, but I didn't... Well, yeah, but... Well, I didn't even come up with a name. It was my friend Carly who came up with the name. Oh, was it? And I laughed and shared it with you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think it's a great name. I shared it with your big sister, Tracy, this morning, and she, she said she thought it was great, a really good name. And uh, we did discover, did we not, that there is another co-show, spelt exactly the same way. Far inferior, though. Well, they have been going (laughs) quite a lot longer than us. Uh, So I think in deference to them, we did the right thing by changing our name. And I think we've got a much better name now because it now says what it does on the tin. It does what it says on the tin. Because that's all you're doing is just trying to re-educate me and indoctrinate me with your lefty BS. Well, are you socialist? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. But yes, that's our big news. The name change is underway as we speak. Our little podcasting elves are working away in the background, changing everything. So it might... <laughs> that's an impersonation of an elf. <laughs> Which you'll, if you watch us on YouTube, you'll be able to see that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so let's, we've got that out of the way. That's great. We are changing our name to Re-Educating Dad, but we are still the Daddy-Daughter Cross-Generational Podcast, born at the beginning of this lockdown in March of this year when the UK went into lockdown after COVID-19 hit us all straight between the eyes and changed our lives. So last week's episode, uh, which was episode 19, we discussed where the heck we're all going in the aftermath of COVID. What's next? We discussed how the rules are as clear as mud, at least to me they are. Um, And as we got to the very end of the podcast, little Tony, you may remember, uh, we, we started talking about the economy, um, and we said some things which I will just go over with you to remind you, because you may not remember them, 
Uh, but uh, we had a steer. We, as you know, we are a participatory podcast. We like to get audience feedback on uh, what you like to hear us talk about um, and any ideas that you would you would want to throw in, uh, any advice you can give us, uh, whether you give us positive feedback, negative feedback. It's all useful to us. So please continue to do that. But we had a steer from Laurie Hines in the United States who said that she wanted us to talk about what we talked about at the end. And I couldn't remember what that was, but you, um, Lil Tone, uh, reminded me that it was, uh, I think, about the socialism piece. And also our other regular listener, Betty, also from the United States, said that that's what she thought that Laurie was referring to. So confirmed your view. So what we started to talk about was the economy and how... I started to say, how are we going to pay for all this? Mm-hmm. And then you said that most of your friends and yourself have managed during furlough to find a job that it ha- hasn't been, you know, not another job and it hasn't been that tough. And you also said that you were concerned about other people not taking jobs when they were out there. I'm not sure that I said that it wasn't tough, but I think that people are being a bit too snobby about what jobs they take right now. Sure, that's ex- that is what you said, and and then I said you're beginning to sound like a so uh, a conservative voter, and you said something unrepeatable, which may, I may have to I may have to X-rate that episode, <laughs> but <laughs> um, and then. Uh, but the fact was you were sounding a bit like a conservative and then I bought, I bought, uh, you can answer in a minute. This is my bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bite that lip. Um, and then I bought up, uh, Tracy's husband, uh, sorry, uh, jumping the gun, Tracy's fiance, Brad's idea about, uh, that we should put a cap on people's earnings of a billion. I mean, let's face it. He said, you know, when you've got to a billion, okay, you've done it great, but why do you need to earn more than who needs more than a billion pounds or dollars? And, um, then you said I was sounding like a socialist, right? And my, my, I think my parting comment was we're, we're kind of coming in a way together. No, we're not. A little bit. Our views are coming a bit together. Anyway, no, you. Anyway, I've talked left. enough. Now you say what you want to say. You're coming to the left, mate. Um, I all I was going to say is that I think that uh, I wasn't sounding like a Tory. I think that the Tories are incentivizing people to stay on on. No, they're almost incentivizing people to go onto universal credit because they've made it so easy now. Um, for people to just stay at home and and also you know like the messaging about covid-19 has been so vague people feel so unsafe that they don't really want to leave, leave their houses so they're just getting paid to stay at home so why wouldn't you do that if you feel unsafe so i don't really think that it's the conservative party that are encouraging people out no but you were you, you were sounding that, to say that people are not uh, uh, going out and getting jobs when they could do, and you found it. Uh, you, you you were saying that jobs were out there. There are jobs out there. That is a, that is a conservative voting. Posi- that is a conservative voters' position. Generally speaking, that would be regarded as that. I found that 
really interesting. And I'm not, you know, I, I am admitting that you have brought me further to the left or further to the middle. Um, and that's, you know, that's no bad thing. Uh, and maybe I've had a little bit of an influence the other way. I don't know. But I think that uh, it's, I think that that's the way that people should have this kind of discussion. I don't think that people should believe that they have certainty about their way is right because it's all too complicated, way too complicated uh, for anyone to have the right answer or even the wrong answer. I think we, we as a society do better by cooperating together having discussions, having debate, debates in a respectable way, which I think you and I do, and uh, sharing ideas and, and, you know, arguing to a certain extent. I don't think arguing is a bad thing, as long as it's done respectfully. But, I mean, there, are, there definitely are jobs out there because, you know, my father-in-law is wanting to move down here and he, even he was interested in like a Tesco delivery job they're desperate for people to deliver, to deliver food. Um, and, and it was something like 10 pounds an hour. And that's not a bad starting rate for someone that's just driving food around. No. You know, it's, it's more than minimum wage. And, you know, if you work for a supermarket, there are certain benefits, aren't there? Food benefits too. I mean, like it's not an exciting job. Um, and I think that's a problem. We've got lots of qualified people in this country that aren't willing to go and work in a supermarket or at a farm or, you know, picking strawberries <laughs> or, you know, that, that probably sounds actually quite idyllic, but like, you know, I just think that people are unwilling to kind of compromise. And actually I saw someone put a post up on LinkedIn last week. I don't know why I've started looking at LinkedIn again, but she was basically saying that she was a manager of a hotel. She was managing something in the hotel and they wanted to unfurlow her, but they asked her if she would help clean bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, sure. No worries. I've got no qualms of cleaning bedrooms. I might let the cleaners down though. Cause I'm not, don't really know what I'm doing. And there was this massive backlash on, on uh, her LinkedIn comments to basically say like, you, you know, you're, you, you're acting as if you're too good to do cleaning. And she was like, no, you've actually totally misinterpreted my comment. You thought that I was saying it sarcastically. I'm happy to go back and clean. I just want to go back to work. I thought that was really interesting. Not like a lot of comments on it. Um, but I think that the important thing is, is that we all try and get back to work in whatever, you know, well, who, this could just be, it could be temporary, but at the moment it's more important that you're earning money and sustaining yourself and your family than, being you know act, acting like it's something's beneath you sure so you're in the music industry you you which has had it particularly particularly tough mm. um and i imagine that now that the uh government is beginning to take away the support i imagine that that industry will become under more pressure Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that will presumably lead to people losing their job. Well, not only that industry. I mean, many many industries. Yeah, they're going to start laying people off, aren't they? I mean, they're going to start making people they redundant. Have. redundant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, what do you think about? Well, there's a couple of things that have been in the news. First of all, uh, there has been this big outcry that 
a lot of employers have been forcing their employees, their furloughed employees to work, which was, of course, against the rules. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience of that uh, with your friends uh, and uh, contacts? Uh, what do you think about it? I mean, yeah, I I can't I can't say too much because it would I don't want to get anyone into trouble. But I I definitely know people that have been told that they need to work while they're furloughed. Um, but also, I think in my sort of like end of the industry, the smaller end, a lot of people have been volunteering to work as well because they know that if they're if they're able to help fundraise or something like that, then they might have a job to go back to. Whereas if they do nothing and, you know, their employees basically go under and they struggle and stuff like that, then they're not going to have a job to go back to. So there's been a lot of people just willingly working while they're on the furlough scheme, which I know is still not allowed. But Um, in a way it's bound to happen, isn't it? It is bound to, yeah. And and wasn't it a bit of a daft rule? I mean, if you want... If you want businesses to survive and you want them to get back faster, you want them to recover as fast as possible, yeah. why would you enforce non-working? Well, also, I, I think that they've, they've also made it so that employers still have to pay for holiday this year, even if everyone's been furloughed for months, which, which as an employee is great but it's not great as an employer because you've had, you've not had them working for, you know, six, seven months or whatever. And then you've got to give them a month's holiday. Yeah. I I think that it, I I don't think it was particularly well thought out this. I mean, I, 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 I I think enforcing non-working when you want businesses, as I said before, to come back as quickly as possible just seems to me to be utterly daft. And, of course, there's no way, really, that they could police it. I mean, they're talking about big investigations to see whether people have been forced to work. And, you know, they haven't got the resources to do that. I mean, give me a break. It's not going to happen, is it? So I I just think they would have been far better off. Just, uh, I think the furlough support was an excellent move. Yeah. But I think that rule was, frankly, silly. But that's my view. Um, I I had a friend's company... They're a big marketing company in London and they gave them the option of basically, you know, that the government would pay the 80%. They mm-hmm. basically said, you know, we'll pay the extra 20%, but um, there was like a volunteer scheme to not pay that to help the company recover. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone opted in for that apart from what, like one or two people because they had young families. Um, yeah. And I think that they opted in to, to not take holiday on top of the furlough scheme, which was, I, I thought that was quite a good idea. Yeah, that, know, well, that's good. I mean, that's people, people coming together, isn't it? And working, working our way through this because, you know, we, we, we are going to have a you know, huge problem. I heard somebody um, talking uh, yesterday. Uh, he was born before me. So he was born shortly after the end of the Second World War. And that's really the nearest comparable time to what we're facing, because of course the the you know the UK's economy was decimated by the second world by the expense and the you know the fact that loads and loads of people had to go and fight wars, 
and our cities were bombed the hell out of. And, you know, so the, the, the country was in a terrible way, you know, and there was food rationing and all, you know, all sorts of hardship. And, uh, you know, th this is probably as close as we, we, you know, people that have weren't involved in the war as I w wasn't, and I was born sort of well after the end of the, sec the war in 1956. War ended in 1949. Um, is that right? No, 1945 was, wasn't it? It was 39 to 45. Yeah. Uh, so I was 11 years after the after the war, but and so really didn't didn't see much of the effects of it. But uh, we did the things that were necessary to fuel, you know, to get the economy moving again, the stimulus and and so on. And you know, I'd. I think that this, I mean, it might even be worse, this situation, because, you know, I just, I just don't know how we're going to be able to come back to anything like what we were used to before. Do you? Well, yeah, and also we've still experienced it. A lot of people, not all people, have still experienced the pandemic as a privileged country, and we don't really know how bad it could get. Like, if we go back into another spike or if the, the country goes bankrupt or we can't they can't provide the furlough scheme what's going to happen is food going to end up being rationed are we going to end up with food stamps or you know like, yeah well we we come as bad as it could get really has it yeah yeah th this brings us sort of neatly back to the left wing right wing um see so what, what do we call this episode i think left versus right is socialism the answer that's the question we're discussing so i'd like to know your view on that because this is where we get sort of back to the nub of the argument um between the left and the right uh the only way that you, the only way that we can pay for things the only way we pay for things is through the creation of wealth that is the only way. There is no other option that I know of. I don't know of another model. Um, so how do, how do you arrive? And I'm, I'm proud of you and proud of your sisters that you've, you've come, unlike me. I mean, I took on the political views of my parents, well, my father, really. So they were inherited beliefs. How is it that you and your sisters... And in fact, as far as I can tell, young people in the majority, by some distance, why, how is it that you all became so left-wing, do you think? think because we, um, we probably more frequently see the disproportion of wealth. You know, I think that we... I think that... Um, working in particular industries means that you mix with different type, very diverse people. And, you know, I, Mindy and I went to, um, Mindy, your youngest sister. Yeah. My youngest sister went to a pretty crappy high school, public, yeah. um, sorry, public school. Yeah. Public school. Um, and you know, we, we were friends with people that had, you know, 10 brothers and sisters all living in one tiny little house with like one bathroom and, you know, how they would be paying for their lunches with food stamps and stuff like that. And we were wealthy. We were, we were the wealthy kids in the school. You know, mm -hmm. people saw our house and they were like, wow. I almost felt embarrassed about the fact that we had like such a big house. 
because mm-hmm. they'd come and they'd be like, this is a mansion in our, you know, five bed house. And, um, you know, they'd want to come over for dinner because they knew that they could have like, you know, chips and fish fingers and peas and stuff like that. And, you know, they were eating, you know, crap, like absolute crap, um, which that is actually crap. But I mean, like, it's kind of tasty crap, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I think that we just experienced living amongst people that had far less than we did. And it's the same with the industry that I work in. You, you're working with a very diverse range of people. And um, you just, there's just this overwhelming feeling of guilt and wanting everyone to be treated equally and have the same. And, you know, it, it wasn't like a, I didn't feel proud of the fact that I had this massive house and these nice things and I was able to go on nice holidays. You felt, felt guilty. Is that what you're saying? And almost yeah. ashamed because I wouldn't want to come in and be like, Oh, I've just come back from Florida. My dad lives out there. You know, mm. I've been on a boat or whatever. I felt embarrassed because you know, my friends could barely afford to have three meals a day, mm. you know? And so I think that when you're, you, you experience that disproportion of wealth firsthand, it make, yeah, it just makes you aware that, it's not fair that some people have so much and some people have so little. So how do you correct that? Well, I, I am not a wealthy person now at all. You know, I I don't live in the big mansion anymore. (laughs) I don't, you know, I don't, well, it's not even a mansion. That's, I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm just, I don't live in the big, the big house in Surrey anymore. And I don't earn loads of money. I earn a really, humble wage um and i just uh, i i think that my my values and my politics all support equality but how do you how do how do we achieve that well you well, you know that i i really really wanted corbyn to be our prime minister i th- i think that he was pushing for social democracy um, he didn't have any answers. No, I don't really want to get back into this this, this argument again. I, I, he's the, he is the prime minister I wanted. I yeah, yeah, I knew really, that, but he really lost. Really in his policies and his values. I don't know. I don't. People know didn't believe the people didn't believe in him, and they didn't believe in his ideas. And I don't. That's why he I lost. don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe that at all. And I think that the the system was messed with. Without what, you think it was corrupt? Yes, I do. Seriously? Yeah, I do. You become a conspiracy theorist. Which I'm not really. I'm not really a, spir- a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I, I feel that way about that election because I felt overwhelmingly confident that he was going to win. And I just, I just don't believe that it... Well, there's, there's all this chat about Russian interference, isn't there now? Well, which they're investigating. So, but I mean, even the Labour Party... It was, it was with regards to that election... But even the Labour Party are not arguing that. I mean... Well, I mean, I'm not... Go- the, the problem is, is they've been so... Uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go into it. I, you know, I love Bernie Sanders. I think he's amazing in America. I mean... But he's I, nowhere near as left as Corbyn. No, he isn't. And I, st- well, I still think that he would bring so much positivity and so much goodness to America that I, I'm just so gutted that he doesn't even have a chance and that they're left with this buffoon Trump who just like doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have a clue about the poverty that people are living in and he doesn't care, you know? And it just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what the answer is. Why, um, do you keep, why do you keep saying you don't want to discuss it? 
because it made me so unhappy arguing about getting pulled into the cattiness of that elections particularly and I, I you know again I, I, I don't feel proud that 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 was part of either of their campaigns like it it didn't make me want to engage in the end because I was just so consumed by the 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 smearing of each other's campaigns and the ugliness and the well, I'm with you on that, uh, but don't you... Th they're supposed to be the pinnacle of society. They're supposed to be the people that we look up to and we respect. And they're just like, it was like a horrible, like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say. They, it was just like what, seeing the sun come up with dif different articles all the time, like these just crass articles of just rubbish. And everyone was just fighting with each other. Like families were not able to have meals together anymore. And... You know, you were falling out with friends and I just feel happier not engaging <laughs> and just trying to... But is there merit in what I said earlier that, that really we should try and look at the other side of the argument and come together? And, you know, because as I say... Um... Of course we should come together, but the division is, is so big now between the left and the right. I mean, that election really did so, such a disservice to the people of the UK because it really pushed everyone apart um, and that I don't know how you know that damage needs to be repaired and and but this is the really, way to I think that's on the government but this this is the way to repair it no but, but the minute that you start saying that you 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 in, you perpetuate the polarity don't you the minute you say oh it's all there for I'm not saying it's on the Tories to repair it or it's on or it's on Labor you did. You said the government. The government is a Tory government. I, I, I don't mean the Tory government. I mean, like, I think it's up to Parliament to look at how to repair the situation because they have caused such a huge divide between the people. And that's not really what government is supposed to do. Well, you know, this is why, and I agree with, I agree, I agree with Russell Brand on this. It, not that I agree with him on very much, but um, I, I agree with him that uh, the reason that Trump is has been as popular as he has been is because he's the antithesis of the normal politician. Um, he, he speaks like the common man. Um, like a stupid man. Ru Russell Brand sort of says, <laughs> he's, you know, what he, what comes out of his mouth is, is, <laughs> is the, he just says whatever he thinks. And the fact is he sounds, he, you know, he, when he when he's a, when he says really obnoxious things, that's the way he is. He's a really obnoxious man. He's he not, just growled while he not, said his name. He's not putting it on. Yeah, <laughs> that's him. But um, you know, I think that that's I think that that's been his appeal. Uh, actually, last night I was I was re getting reacquainted with um with an American girl that uh, um, that I knew back in school. Uh, we had a uh, we had a a, um, a group a video chat conversation with my another school friend who, who had reconnected with her as well and we I was seeing her for the first time in God knows fifty plus year you know I mean a long long time it's it's really um, it's it's quite amazing because it really you know it, it really to reconnect with people that from your school age when you're sixty nearly you know mid sixties it really is quite a shock, life, isn't it? A whole lifetime. Yeah, you think, my God, where have all the years gone? But she she's a ardent Trump supporter. 
you know, strong Trump supporter. Come on, lady, get it together. <laughs> um, and I was talking to her about our podcast, and uh, she was she has a daughter. Yeah. Um, called Chelsea. Uh, who is like you? Big up, Chelsea. I got your back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you got the same sort of views, and 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 a lot of my friends. You're not a Trump you know, supporter, though, are you, Dan? No, no, I'm not. But um, but uh, you know, a lot of my friends have um, their offspring um, are have become very left wing, um, and I guess we're all you know that does lead to, as you say, conflict in families, and that and that's a shame. But I don't want that to be the case between us. I want us to be able to talk about things. But just imagine you- that. Imagine a whole generation of people that all want equality for the future. I mean, that's a pretty positive thing. I mean, yeah, we're arguing over dinner right now, but at some point, you're going to be dead. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> I'm true. But, have but, in the but arguing for equality, I mean, if you speak to anybody, everybody says they want equality. Uh, it, you know, it, yeah, it's, like, it's like arguing for unicorns. I mean, you know, it's a good, of course it's a good worthwhile goal to be work, working towards. But you need to come up with a financial model. So you think, you, this is where you and I disagree, because you think we've come on strides with equality, and we haven't. Yeah, we, we have. haven't. We've yeah, barely yeah, yeah, we scratched have. the surface. And our efforts have been so minuscule. You know, that, that, this is where I think the disparity is between you and I. Like, on this oh, sub- come on. I mean, look at the United States. You, they used to separate black and white people. They wouldn't let black people go in the same part of the restaurant. They wouldn't let them have, sit on the bus. I mean, you know, of course it's, it's, it, it's improved enormously. No, it hasn't. Of course it has. Look at women. Women now have the vote. Women are... Uh, they probably go on the bus and white people still feel afraid of bl- uh, black well, people. Well, maybe, but it's a, still a big, big improvement. You can't That's not possibly, an improvement, Dad. You can't possibly argue that. I mean, that's an impossible argument. You can't... Argument okay, win. well, I, I, I think we probably just cannot talk about race at all. Yes, we can. Racism. Of course, no, we, we can talk about anything. You can't, because you're, you're absolutely blind to how bad the situation no, is. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that, that, you know, my friend that I told you about, um, my uh, friend from school, the girl I was mentioning, the woman, I should say, um, she, she, she would argue that there's no systemic racism. I would never argue that. Mm. I, I believe there's systemic racism. It, I, I believe it's palpable in the U.S. police force, and I believe it exists in the U.K. police force. We might argue about how um, prevalent it is. But if we, if we were but, going, but if I we certainly am not going slides, to. Dad, then we wouldn't still have to be implementing, you know, um, policies in businesses that that require, in, you know, company owners or employers or whatever to make sure that they have a certain amount of POC. I mean, that is ridiculous. No, the fact that we are doing that's an improvement. No, but that's embarrassing. We shouldn't have to be telling people that they should be doing it. We ha- we're improving. Be doing it anyway. Impro- I mean, you're arguing against yourself. These are improvements that we have installed, and they're improvements that have made a difference and are continuing to make a difference. And we're improving. Of a difference. We are improving all the time. We're improving, and also equality is not just a racial thing. Okay, can I just give you an example? Also a gender thing, and I think we've made huge strides. In, in- I just uh, can I give you an example of something that's going on with me. So I'm, I'm working with a group of people, I have to be really careful, and there is 
a particular space in uh, my local area that has said, we, we will allow all of you lot to put on a fundraiser here. And they've basically told us that we have to, we had a, a, um, a Black History Month lineup. So it was going to be lots of black people of color doing like poetry and music and stuff like that. And they've told us that we have to divide all of them up and put some people of color on every single show that we do. We have four shows. And one of the shows is going to be this Black History Month show. And they want us to divide them all up and put them on each show, even though musically and artistically, it makes no sense. That is like racism or tokenism in its, in its clearest form. Well, it you may know. be. I'd like to hear the other side of that. But um, they, they want to tick a box and be like, we're hitting the diversity. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the problems of installing those kind of, um, uh, those kind of uh, requirements. But anyway, um, I, the, what we haven't heard, what, what we haven't got into discussing, and I, and I believe that we do need to change. I believe, like you, we do need to change the financial model. But I don't know what financial model is better than capitalism i don't know it i don't know one and i really want to hear that from you and we haven't got time now because we're oh, well over our 30 minutes but um, bernie sanders is so social democracy which is still built on capitalism but okay it's about, so it's about building a better a, a free welfare system system and better equality next next week could you come up with your outline of what what would work better well if i do that i might as well run for government no, well i just you know not really i mean i think i i believe that there is a case for some some big changes to be made but you know you heard brad's idea about the one billion cat yeah, that's a no-brainer like that's an absolute no okay but how would how would you know let, let i are you saying that you're not willing to come up with a solution? I'm just saying that I've, I, I, don't, I think that's quite a big project before the next podcast when I already have a lot going on. Okay, well, all right, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> I might need more than one week, but I mean, I certainly think a cap on earning is, is a good idea. Yeah, um, well, at the moment, you know, the, the Chancellor, Rishi... As you know, sorry to step on you, Rishi Sunak, as you know, is... Um, is ending the eat out to help out thing today uh, which i think so bloody popular i think it's a shame i think i think that should continue for at least another month mm. nevertheless he's doing that he's also announcing big a big tax raid um i don't know if you've seen the detail of that well he's going to put he's going to go after wealthy people you know that that's what is being announced that's what's been floated that they want to raise 30 billion and the only way they can get it is from people with money so it's possible that you would say oh i support that sounds like a good idea i think it'd be better to do a fundraiser and get them to to donate it so that at least they get some credit for handing their money over okay well that, that, that okay so you've got some ideas I think. yeah but i mean like it, it would be good if it, if you know yeah okay fine i do have some ideas yeah so i'd like to hear more of them okay um and uh you know i'd like i'd like to talk no, strike that one off and i'll give you the next one <laughs> <laughs> no that one doesn't work then we'll go to rishi we'll be like mate we've got it we've sorted it out <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway we gotta we gotta wrap up dear listeners thank you for listening to our banter um 
We really appreciate uh, all the feedback we get. We'd like you to continue with that. We will have a change of website address uh, that will be coming in in the next couple of days uh, to reflect the change in name of our podcast to Reeducating Dad. So it'll be reeducatingdad.com. That will go to the show's Facebook page as normal. That page's name will also change. The name on the YouTube channel where you can see us actually recording these episodes as live, uh, that will change also. So um, the place to comment uh, really is the Facebook page. That's where we'd like you to comment. So if you could uh, scoot on over to reeducatingdad.com in the next uh, day or so when that's uh, up and running. We would really appreciate your comments, your encouragement, your feedback, positive and negative. We'd also like you to share our podcast. It really helps us like them and all these other things that you're supposed to do on social media that I know very little about. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Goodbye from me and the Cotswolds and goodbye from me and the Cotswolds. See you next week. Bye. Bye for now.